Welcome to Snowmobile Sessions Live on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms. We're the number one destination to learn about snowmobiling, network with other sledders, and have an awesome time doing it. We'll meet other snowmobilers that share your passion and show your fan photos along the way. Snowmobile Sessions Live. Enjoy the ride. It's a journey for life and I'm right. Hang on. How's everyone doing out there in the chat land? The Brat Pack and the Brat Gang. Oh, yeah. Woo! <clears throat> yeah. So listen, um, we have a big guest on the show. If you've ever heard of Sledneck's, the video series, or Next Level Riding Clinics, uh, this guy's a big player. We're excited to have him. Rich uh, pulled out all the stops and got uh, got this guest on board. So without further ado, I want to bring on none other than Dan Adams. Welcome aboard, Dan. Yes. <laughs> What's up, team? Hey, hey. Oh, yeah, good to see the background. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Look at that. We're, we're in his garage. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, Dan, uh, my garage used to look like yours, and then I, I decided just to tear it all out, go right down to the studs, leave it like that, bring in all the junk and bicycles and kids' toys from when they're two years old to when they're 18, and just throw it all over the garage. Leave some old shirts laying around. You know, like, there's there's something to be said about being too clean, you know? Uh, we, we uh, I mean, it's a problem, and so somehow... I have found uh, a group of guys that work here that are just as OCD as I am. So everything kind of has its place here and, you know, all the banners got to be in the right spot. And I mean, throughout the course of the season, you know, we'll have, I think the record is 22 sleds in the, and that's just wow. front to back. It's crazy. Wow. What, what that a winter when my fleet are in here, everything is kind of, uh, you know, skis have to be in line and, I don't know. We run a just the way it is. It's kind of a it's a mechanic shop, but it kind of looks like a dentist office. So, whereabouts are you from? Whereabouts you ride from? I know pretty much everybody knows, just like I asked last show there. But if you could just tell us whereabouts you're you're located and uh, whereabouts you ride. I was born in Wyoming. I I live in Wyoming, which is you know 35 miles. We use the the Grays River Road is our access point, um, and I use our Grays River District to guide out of, and it's. If you've not been here, it's it's some of the most amazing terrain there is. It seems like everybody that comes here, uh, you know, once they catch a glimpse of this area, it's it's why it's on the map. It's a popular riding area, and it's because there's there's something for everyone. And you know why I decided to set up shop here is in terms of teaching a riding clinic. There's um, you know the, the the way the way learning how to ride, as you guys know from any kind of sport, is you know with with snowmobiling especially you know once you start to to gain confidence all i need to do is change the terrain because you can you can kind of think you've got mastered you know side hilling and and what that technique looks like or going through the trees and then i'll just change the environment and all of a sudden everything changes so i can take even the most confident riders and still teach them you know what to do and how to do it you know given the terrain that you're in and that's what makes this area so unique that's awesome yeah, I've seen your videos are amazing, man, for all the different types of riding. So that, that's awesome. That's really cool. So if you got a bunch of gr a group of guys that are like beginners, like like us, say we're flatliners, we decided to come out ride with you. You've got stuff that we could do, obviously, with you as well, too, right? All the time, every year. Yeah. 
this is, I can't believe it's been 12 years that we've been teaching class and wow. a, a percentage of my clientele is, you know, Minnesota, Michigan, just, just, you know, Midwest back East. Uh, a lot of people from Canada. Uh, it's pretty cool though to, to, you know, to say that I've been able to teach, you know, to people all over the world. And then, you know, I've been, I've taught riding clinics in Russia. So I've been to Russia six times and wow. each clinic. Yeah, in, in a few different spots in Russia. And to know that you can be 6,500 miles away and still run into the same, you know, the same group of people that are just so stoked on mountain riding and want to learn to be better. So it's really, really cool to see kind of where it's all, you know, where it started and where it is now. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah, your videos are awesome. Your clinics look really great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for giving me a break there, guys. Uh, one of the big features about the show to kick it off, we always do the fan photo and user submissions. So we'll, we'll get into that. We'll have a look at some stuff that Dan sent me as well, and, yeah. and we'll keep it going. But just to, just to start off the fan thing, there was no photo on this one, but it, it was a, an email that came out, and it says, hey, Gary, Thanks for the great content. I love watching and learning from you guys. I'm a new rider looking forward to my first year of sledding. This came from a, a chat user called Six String Brian. So if Six String Brian's in there, thank you so much for that email. Actually is. He is in there. He is in there. Awesome. And he said, I, I didn't read it on air, but he said he loves my channel a lot better than Rev Rider 5. Uh, sounds about and, right. <laughs> and that level riding clinics as well. He learns more from me. Um, last week, I uh, here I'm going to just share this screen now. Uh, last week, they uh, Tony Pat, remember him? He was the guy that, that, that Dave Nerona made a comment about him walking home. I knew oh, yeah. he sent me a little bit of a script. So he says uh, he says this is all about father and son trips, which I love. He says he's Tony Cat says he's been riding for years and just got it, my dad into the sport last year. Had him on my old 2012 Pro R600, and we put on close to 2,000 miles together last year, and now he's hooked. This year, he bought a 2021 Polaris Matrix Assault and a new trailer. Found out found out about this as I'm a Rev follower. There you go. There it is. Looking forward hey. to your episode. So this is the one image from Tony, and then we've got... Uh, oh, that's nice, eh? Oh, that's that's not that's not Tony's. This is uh this is from Rex stuff. So this I think Rex stuff is from the other channel as well. Uh, he says so KY Sawyer. I don't know whether that's the name of the, the craft. A Air Force Base near Marquette, Michigan. Michigan. He took this. This is Rex stuff. Sent me that photo. Love that photo. I want to get one similar to that. Actually, I have a spot in mind for that. Rich knows probably where that is. Oh yeah, Barry's Bay. There's a, there's a jet fighter there, so that's kind of cool. Yep. Uh, Greg Delaney sent this in, and he says, Hello, this is my 2020, 2010 MXZ600 E-Tech. Last winter, he rode to Sunderland from Lindsay, Ontario, and he'd love to go riding with us guys sometimes. He says, Thanks so much. Love that sled. I'm a, a big fan of the Rev e-platform. And then uh, this one here came from Randy Mel. He said, hey there, Mudbrat Nation. I'm Randy from Wisconsin. I've really been enjoying your snowmobile sessions on YouTube. I'm a second shift police officer and really adds enjoyment to my night shift of work, listening to your sessions in the background. So thank you. He just came off a 2017 Articat 6000 Limited, 
and he just picked up a spring order black 2021 renegade x850 the vin number is zero zero one isn't nice. that awesome? awesome yeah he'd love to share some photos where do i email him obviously you can say he got the email thank us all for the our time and efforts love that and uh he said he's attached the photos of his new sled along with a couple of pictures of his fiance Michelle. Uh, they got engaged last year on a snowmobile trip. Uh, there's a ring right there. Oh, <laughs> engaged last year on a snowmobile trip, and she can ride uh, four exclamation marks. He introduced her to snowmobile, and in the year prior, the first morning we woke up at the hotel in Boulder Junction, Wisconsin. It was minus 27 degrees without the wind chill. We put on over 425 miles one two and a half days in sub-zero temps and she never complained once i knew she was a keeper that's awesome love that machine she's on too beauty and then uh this isn't jeremy who's this this is randy oh that's another one that's randy's old cat remember he said he was riding a cat and there's his fiance in the background there congratulations uh, that's awesome randy uh there's another one of him with the sled so this is Jeremy. He's been active in the chats. He's probably there now. And uh, Jeremy's from my Jeremy Ride series again. He's he's one of my big uh, stalkers. Now that Rich is on the show, he's kind of replaced Rich as, as my number one stalker. And <laughs> Jeremy says, hey, Gary Jordan just purchased his first sled on his own. So proud of him. And that's what he got there. It's a what did he say? Old that Formula one? Plus. It's an old Formula Plus MX, yeah, I think. The MX. It's a. Yeah. I can't remember if it's a '91 or or what year that was. Sorry. So we'll get in there, but they had to actually they had to skid out on the weekend, and and away we go. So David Scott, and this is the last one we've got. He says he's taken two trips to the Upper Peninsula last year. The top pitcher is with our group, and the group's called Poodoo Cat. The, the middle one's with his wife. And uh, the bottom is the, the cat guys in the group. Um, his sled's the Altiger on the left. Uh, they all ride 600s except the Ski-Doo guy. He needs an 850 to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a Rev Rider uh, Brat Gang member, and he loves nice. the sessions. Yeah, he says, keep it up, David Scotsman Thompson. So that's pretty cool, eh? For sure. I love it. I love that. I love, love, love the fan photo mail. And it it breaks my heart when I when I open up my computer and I don't see any. So guys, if you, <laughs> guys, if you actually have any uh, photos you want to send in and be featured on the show, make sure you send it to fanphoto at mudbrats.com and we'll get you uh, we'll get you on the next episode. Um, or even now, I'll check my email during the 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 show and I can always fire up stuff as we roll along here. So fan photo at mudbrats.com. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. So Dan, do you mind if I, what, what kind of sleds do you have in your fleet? Obviously there's different types of uh, mountain sleds you have out there, right? There's the chaos and then the pro RMK. Now I was reading and hearing different things about the different models that are out there. And I've heard a lot of people say since the chaos has come out that a lot, like 85 to 90% of the people should actually be on a chaos. I don't know anything, whether the truth of that or not, but maybe you can explain between the two, all well, the different models between the chaos and the pro RMK. So I ordered all chaos for my entire fleet. So I ordered 16 all black chaoses this year and kind of mixed it up between 
165 and 155. And I did go with the Series 8 track with the QD2. Um, I do that partly because, you know, I mean, I'm doing that because I rode the sled. I rode both track lengths. I think that it's an awesome snowmobile. I love the fact that, you know, I'm going to build some personal sleds out of the Chaos machines. And over the last couple of years, because of the aftermarket, you know, we have we have built Chaos like on a lift, that sort of thing. The thing about the Chaos that makes it a great sled for somebody that's, you know, that knows what they're doing, that's aggressive, that really likes that, you know, that front end playful feel. But it's also such an awesome sled for a beginner. You're getting an awesome shock package right out of the gate. The velocity uh, suspension from Walker Evans, I mean, they they nailed it, right? It's a it's an awesome suspension package. When it's set up in the narrow uh, setting, you know, we've got a really light, really narrow, really easy to tip over snowmobile. The spring rate from a KR uh, versus an RMK, you know, you go from an RMK rear spring setup at like 180 pounds uh, for like an 180 pound rider. So anywhere between, you know, I mean, that's going to fit a various group of riders, but the chaos is actually set up a bit softer. And so for a lot of smaller riders, a lot of ladies, uh, a lot of people that are just getting into the sport, the chaos is just, uh, you know, I get it that they developed this sled that the way they market it is this, it's this, you know, Caleb Kosturki go out and just, you know, go send it. But it's also such an awesome sled for the beginner rider because of the way the suspension is set up. And, you know, the RMK chassis, the Axis chassis is already such an easy, easy platform to teach people to ride that it made sense for me to just go after the good shock package as well. So right on. That's awesome. That's so the difference between the, the quick drive system and the uh, belt drive system, uh, that was a huge yep. addition for 2021, right? If you can explain what that, that helps with. You, um, and the fact that they, you know, geared down the machine, there's been a bunch of us that for the last few years here have been gearing down the RMKs. Um, you know, in the mountains, that application really does work well to somebody that is all about top speed to somebody that is actually looking for just, you know, what the speedometer is saying, um, you know, maybe not the case, but everything that we do is about low end power, having really crisp, clean, you know, um, you know, right, right at your fingertip or right at your thumb, just power to get up and out and on top of the deep snow. And I think that the QD2, I mean, it hits it right on the head. I think that Polaris does a pretty damn good job of sort of listening to what's out there. And all of a sudden they come up with, you know, what we were having to seek the aftermarket for. They put it in as a, is a stock part of the machine and not, that's its snow check. But the QD2, I don't think that it could have come at a better time. It was, it's, a, it's a really smart idea to gear some of these things down. So as you purchase the sled, you know, in these snowmobiles, there aren't, they're not getting any less expensive. I mean, the cost of, of a new Polaris, a new Articat, a new Skidoo, I mean, it's, it's crazy that it's getting, I think all of us can remember when, I mean, I think my first snowmobile was a, a 96 Polaris Ultra and I, I bought it nearly new for like $4,700. And it's just insane to see where we're at now. Uh, a snow checked uh, RMK Chaos 165 with the PID gauge and everything else is 16,000 and some change. And so I think that adding features like the belt drive system and, and changing it up a bit for the mountain rider is a really smart move. 
Right on. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was reading about them. That's that it's been amazing for it to help out too. So, um, the the slide is pretty light too, eh, uh, Dan? Like compared to all the other like the competitors and that. I was just looking at the weight of the Polaris. They're pretty pretty light compared to the competition, eh? In the yes. mountain. We gained a little bit of weight when we went to the eight fifty. You know, we I mean, heck, we we gained three pounds ju just in the crank. Um, but I think that they've created an outstanding motor and. You know, Polaris has always had a history of, you know, having motors where we've had some issues. And it's been nice that, you know, going from the 800s into the 850s, that it hasn't been too many issues. Um, we've had a ton of success here. And I feel like between what I do from a personal side of things with snowmobiles that I build from, and then I have a rental fleet where I'm renting to the public. And for us to have the success that we have had with the 850, it tells me that the motor is in, in good shape and we're definitely, I mean, the consumer is, is the ultimate test to any one of these manufacturers and any one of their, you know, like, I, I feel like with Skidoo and having the shot system and some of these things that are like industry changing type things, um, they've become a success, not just from the manu manufacturer standpoint, but, you know, the consumer is the ultimate, you know, they're the ones that are out there testing this stuff. So when it's solid, um, and you start to hear about that, that's that's a really good thing. So we're going to hang on to the fact that we've got a lightweight sled um, and we've got so much new news that's coming that it's going to kind of blow everybody's doors off. So, Oh, that's good to hear. That's awesome. That's that's good news. It's always great. We were saying that in the last show with Dave and, and you know, the last few episodes too about how amazing it is for the technology from all the manufacturers, how they keep pushing each other. And it's only awesome for all of us, right? So it's, you know, like you said, just the shot system, the turbo with Skidoo, you know, Polaris and the other guys are not going to sit around and I'm sure they're probably already in development. I don't want to say that they are, but I'm sure that it probably is uh, going to happen there. So, but yeah, like the Axis chassis, like I was, I was surprised when I was reading it at Wester, like the Polaris comes in, the 850 Pro MK comes in at 531 pounds, the Skidoo Summit Expert, 567 pounds, and then the Articat Hardcore was 562. So they're all pretty close, but that's, that's quite a bit difference in, in weight savings, eh? I mean, it's, it's certainly there. And, and, um, you know, to a mountain rider, you know, I mean, we talk about that all the time in terms of just the, the complete package, you know, once you're riding a sled, you're in deep snow, you're trying to maneuver that thing. And, you know, even though we're still talking about, you know, these weights where we're, we're, we're getting to brag about having the lightest mountain sled in the industry, you still look at what that number is. And we're still kind of manhandling a hide a bed couch and for you to be in shape and for you to, you know, that's, that's, probably one of the biggest you know chunks of humble pie that i get to give people that come out here and they it's kind of their first experience mountain riding is to try to hang on to that kind of machine and do the things that we're doing i mean it takes it takes a lot of effort and most of that effort has got to be you know you've got to train for that prior to the season you know coming out to next level coming out to chris barantz coming out to matt ences any one of us that have these schools where we're there to teach people how to ride you know your fitness still has to be there. It's not this magical thing where it's all so much about technique that when you're riding at 9,000 feet, you can rely on just technique to kind of get you in and out of the backcountry. It takes physical conditioning and it's something that everybody should know that they've got to do prior to coming out here. I mean, you guys that are, you can train as hard as you want at sea level and I got news for you. I mean, it's just like when I go to Chris's and I'm riding from you know, my sweet spot of riding here is between eight and 9,000 feet. And I'll go to Barantz and we're riding at 11 to 12,000 feet. 
And man, do you feel that in your lungs? I can only imagine what it feels like for people that are basically at sea level and coming to, you know, 9,000 or 10,000 feet. So. Well, that's the thing, all the, all the Tour de France cyclists and everything like that, they train in the mountains. You know, you got to train where the oxygen's low. Pretty crazy. So. Aside from, like, what would you recommend someone that, that's thinking about taking a trip out to, whether it's next level clinics or, or any other uh, Western mountain destination, what would you recommend? Aside from the physical training aspect, what would you recommend they do to actually uh, get prepared for the, the trip? Yeah, the physical conditioning part of it is 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 obviously a, a, you know way up on the list. If their if their plan is to come out and rent a sled, um, you know checking with the the rental company, making sure that the sled that they're going to get is you know well maybe it's something that they're not used to and they want to and they want to try it, which would be reasons why you know I would have the you know the the fleet of snowmobiles that I do is that I try to offer uh, you know a really awesome uh, experience on snow. And so we we build those chaoses up and make these things like a pretty amazing mountain sled. But to somebody just coming out west, um, you know, picking the right riding area, um, not biting off more than you can chew. Um, if you're going to if you're going to come and you're going to enter into avalanche terrain, it doesn't necessarily you know, it doesn't. Mother Nature doesn't play favorites at all in terms of a guy that rides in the backcountry 100 days a year. And I live here versus somebody that comes out here for just the weekend. If you're gonna ride in you know, avalanche prone areas, you'd have to know like what to look for and then obviously have the equipment and something that Climb and I are investing a lot of time and a lot of energy into this year is, you guys have probably seen from some of their social channels is the Avalanche Alliance. And they're, we're getting ready, Matt Entz and I are getting ready to go on like a 24 stop dealer tour where we're talking about the importance of taking an actual level one avalanche certified course. And so to anybody that's thinking about mountain riding, wanting to come out West, heck, maybe you've been out West a number of times and, you know, seen avalanches, been a part of those avalanches, whatever it looks like, understanding that it's not going away. You guys are seeing like, no matter what technology is doing, um, whether it's the sleds, whether it's, you know, the backpacks, the probes, the shovels, the transceivers, everything, you know, the death toll continues to, to climb. And on years that I feel like we see a decline, I'm always asking people why you think that there's a decline in it. Is it because we're getting smarter? Is it because, you know, we're taking more courses and there's more people out there that are, you know, really cluing themselves into what it takes to, to be a safe backcountry rider and, I think a lot of it is luck. And then I think some of it is we had a bad snow year because when we have a good snow year, we inevitably end up seeing quite a few avalanche deaths. And the crazier statistic that I keep reading is that more of those avalanche deaths are people from here. The people that live in the West that feel like it's always you guys that are coming out here that are starting avalanches and you don't know it's the guys from the Midwest that are kind of coming out here a bit scared. And so they're coming out here knowing, man, I got to get the training. I'm going to get the gear. I'm going to talk about it with my buddies. And for the longest time, I think that that was sort of the stereotype is that it wasn't ever the guy that lived in the backcountry or lived in the mountains. We all knew better. And that's not the case at all, guys. I have seen just as many people that live in the, in this area that are completely blind 
to this stuff. And so to the new person or anybody coming out West to go ride for the first time, your physical conditioning is going to be a big part of it. But, you know, just having the knowledge, man, the, the hashtag that you guys see me use, you know, know before you go. I mean, it, it plays suit to everything that you do. If you're going to go climb the Grand Teton, you better have some climbing experience. You better pack like what you know you need to do it. So it's just knowing before you go. It's a, it's a fairly simple thing, but it's something that we, uh, I don't know, we continue to take for granted. What, what's the craziest story you have of somebody coming out there that was totally unprepared? I've got a lot of them, honestly, but um, I have a lot of return clients that when they first started, you know, they were so completely, um, you know, ill-prepared. And a lot of it would be because um, we take care of people like crazy through the class. You know, we're not out there. My clinic isn't my clinic isn't this opportunity where I get people sort of lured into here, into the shop and then out into the backcountry where I get an opportunity to show them the type of rider that I am. I am 100 percent there for the person that's registered or signed up to come to next level so the riding is all about you and your efforts and when i see people that come and they're they're not prepared physically um maybe they brought the riding gear that they're used to wearing um you know when they're on some frozen lake in michigan and they they're wearing like an insulated you know two-piece uh and they just they kind of look like the kid from the christmas story and they're just they're so they're so hot and so miserable. And then the big one with that is uh, their mobility is lost. And you watch these guys kind of wallering around on their sleds, and you can just see them just boiling over, goggles completely fogged, that sort of. <laughs> so ill prepared, uh, you know, whether it's that or it's just didn't know, and you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? Like I could easily put myself in that same boat. I I I was on a Polaris demo tour when the you know when we when we finally got like the pro chassis and we had like the first short track with that you know the pro chassis and 11 there and i went on this like short track demo tour out on a bunch of frozen lakes i was in brainerd i was in hurley wisconsin i was in syracuse i was in all these different areas and i mean guys i i frostbit my face i mean i was frozen and i had all these guys that are like looking at me and this is back before i was riding for climb i was in like sled next gear and like a moto helmet and i i can remember by the end of it i was wearing these like these like ice fishing gloves that came up to my elbows i had duct tape like all over my helmet and my goggles and it was because i was so sick and tired of being cold and so there's the perfect example i went out to you know to what you guys deal with on the daily and i was as unprepared as i could be so i guess that was payback <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense though how to prepare in that, Dan. So, what, so if say I we want to come out and and uh, do one of your clinics for like a week in that, what preparation is there for the avalanche uh, like training? Is it for like a, a day? Uh, you do a solid day of uh, avalanche training, and then you this get into the basics year, of riding. Because of COVID, um, you know, we 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 have a pop up that like when you go on to you know nextlevelclinics.com you'll see when you when you go or attempt to book a clinic this year we kind of talk about because of covid and just in in you know our attempt to to stay safe and to stay somewhat socially distanced is we were we are only offering private clinics this year which we've got a few more holes to fill and we are completely booked for the season which is which is pretty amazing um, and just it i guess it makes it it feels good that we're kind of covid proof um, and I get it that things could change, um, but we're we're doing really well up to this point. But 
you can, when you book a private class, you can tailor the class to really whatever you want to do. And so when you're new and you're kind of leaving it up to me to help you sort of build what that clinic is going to look like, I'm going to implement the avalanche safety component to that in every two-day clinic that we do. So there will always be a component to that where we'll either talk about it here in the shop, followed by practicing it out into the backcountry. And what I mean by that is, you know, we'll do a series of, you know, this is how you use your transceiver. This is how you use your probes properly. This is how you dig. And then we'll follow that with a simulated backpack burial. So we, we carry with us a small Polaris backpack. Um, his name is Johnny. And Johnny has been killed a number of times, but he's been rescued a number of times as well. And Johnny is a backpack that you guys, I have kept since the very start of this. So I've had this backpack since 2008. I've put a hooded sweatshirt in it. We put some foam in there and then we put a transceiver that we trust inside that backpack. And every clinic that I have ever done, we have done a simulated backpack burial where we'll go out, even if it's just a, a 10 minute, let's just kind of go through this stuff because everybody's so focused on wanting to ride. Um, but we'll still go through that. We'll, we'll go bury a backpack. Nobody knows where it is. And then we'll, you know, walk through um, and we do what we call it just basically a walkthrough. We'll get everybody to get their transceivers out and we give everybody some idea of what it's like if there were someone under the snow, how to use your equipment. And that seemed to be a really good process. So when you book that private class, like I said, you could book an entire day of, you know, just your commitment to learning about avalanche safety. And then you could book, um, you know, you can book a one, a two or a three day clinic. A lot of people book a two day class. Um, and when they do that, I mean, I keep it pretty short. You guys, there's a lot of guys that will guide for four and five days. I would rather have a 110% commitment from, from people for two days. And then if they want to continue to ride here, they certainly can. I just, I would rather see these guys go out if they need to rest a bunch. And that like day three is just sort of a lot of resting and a lot of that. I would rather you go do that on your own. And while you're with me, uh, well, we're, we're, we're pretty aggressive. We, we get after it. That's awesome. Hey, listen, I want to get some chats, Adam. There's some in here that I think you'll like. Uh, let's go on to Bobby Bell, though. He's talking about the weights, Rich. He uh, says it's the tether that makes the skidoo heavier. <laughs> and then uh, here's a good one for you. Will we'll Next Level off, offer a package for the one person if you want to go it on your own, or, we'll, or do they have to buy a fur? four person package. Yep. I, so for this season, I mean, we used to let people just drop into a clinic and like I said, because of COVID, um, I would, I, I'm stressing that we just book a private and it's a minimum of four people to book a private, but I have, I have two, I have two booked classes this year that are just two people that paid for four. And it's pretty common you know, you'll see, uh, I have a, an employee that works for me that's a charter fisherman up, uh, up in Sitka, Alaska. And a lot of times they'll book a boat where, you know, there can be six fishermen on the boat and they'll get three people that pay for six. So they get more attention to fish. And this couple, after being here this last year, they did the same thing. They, they wanted the attention. They wanted the ratio. They're going to have three instructors to just two of them. And they had zero issue for, you know, paying for the four person private, even though it was just the two of them. So. Oh, awesome. 
And then uh, Mr. Average Hipster, he says he had no idea you could rent sleds that can handle the backcountry conditions. Any estimate on what the cost for a few days? Yeah, so we, we rent snowmobiles for two forty five a day, um, and that's including fuel. I don't let anybody fuel my sleds because snowmobiles are very particular, and you guys probably know that from where you're at. But you know, we we like using you know ninety one non ethanol fuel, and so I have I have tanks that are right here on site, and so we fuel and oil the sleds each and every night. So we charge a little bit more, but the fuel is included, um, and there's. There's a few other snowmobile rental companies in the area. If you didn't want to rent a Polaris and you wanted to rent a Skidoo or an Articat, those things are all available here in Alpine. And they're all mountain specific. That's awesome. So there was, earlier you were talking about when you order a sled, you talked about getting the PIDD gauge. Now in the mountains, is that something you still get or do you usually go with the base gauge? I get the PID gauge. Um, I like the PID gauge because I can set, you guys, will, you, if, you, if you know what the Polaris gauge looks like, the PID gauge, you can set like the four parameters. Um, when I rent snowmobiles and you have the, like the, just the standard gauge, it seems like all anybody ever really cared about was how fast they were going. And I want, I want people to be able to like read their temperature. Um, you know, temperatures on a Polaris snowmobile uh, on a mountain sled, um, you know, when you're going down the trail and you're not running your eye scratchers, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a temperature that's relatively crucial, especially in the spring of the year. And so the PID gauge allows you to have where you can still see how fast you're going, but you can also see that temperature. And that's the biggest reason why I'll use the PID. Awesome. So do you, do you expect to see the 7S coming to the, the mountain sleds? I, I mean, I'm not, I don't want you to have to spoil anything, but... I mean, it makes sense, right? Um, yeah. You, you know, we're 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 so close to, you know, obviously coming up this year. I I I know what I'm going to be riding. Um, I'm really really excited about it. You guys can kind of, well, just forecast, you know, what Polaris is doing. And all I'd have to say to any of it is, you know, to to everybody that's out there, that's you know what they're thinking is happening um, and what they're hoping for. Um, I think. I think that you know, I think they're going to be they're going to be pleasantly surprised. I think that um, Polaris has done their homework, and you know, it's like a Ford Chevy Dodge thing, right? The moment that there's like this brand new truck, and oh my God, it's got all this power and all this torque. Six months later, the other guy's got something equivalent, and you know, I can remember when the Dodge thing happened, and now the Dodge got it's just got this like Tesla screen on it, and just everybody hits everybody with technology. You can see the you can see the matrix with the you know with that technology with the touch screen and just with everything else. So I kind of feel like there's a lot of people that are making these assumptions and you know know that you know it's it's awesome the position that I am in uh, as a as an ambassador as a as a rider for Polaris and the fact that I get to you know I get to you know be on some of this product and understand it prior to to everybody seeing and I think there's a lot of that where they're they're really relying on a lot of our input, you know, to understanding what it is that the sled needs. Um, you know, if they've done too much, too little, like what it looks like. And you guys have seen the sleds that we have built in the past. And it's pretty obvious that there's really not anything that you could do where I would say that you've done like too much to a sled. We love building snowmobiles. This sled that's behind me that you guys can see, 
you know, that snowmobile guys, um, that's a 163. So that's a 2020, uh, 850. That's got the SLP twin pipes. Um, but it's crazy. I've got a, I've got a, a hook here in the shop and a digital scale. And I weighed my, my guide sled, which is a 163, 2.6 track, uh, with everything on it, all of it, all of the, I even had hot tea in my thermos, everything as if I was going to go ride fuel and oil, everything and weighed that sled. And it's crazy to me that we did the exact same thing to that snowmobile behind me. And that sled behind me was 50.4 pounds lighter. So the, the time and the money and the energy spent to go carbon titanium, you guys can see it's got the the lightweight tank, the different hood, um, you know, lot, lots of different things. And as I get older, that's how I cheat right there is I, I, I build cheater sleds. Brant and I both, man, we, we put it out there. I, I want to cheat. I want it to be easier for me to be in the same riding area as my 25-year-old employee that he doesn't get to cheat. He has to ride a stock sled so I can ride that so I can hang with him. <laughs> Uh, Dan, question for you. And I noticed, like, not just Polaris, Skidoo, like, everybody switches over to that Float 3 IQS shock package. Can you explain why? And like, there's got to be a reason for it. So if you could just share that with us, that'd be awesome. Honestly, it's just adjustability. I think that's, like, the, literally the biggest thing that you could offer uh, in a suspension package is I think if all of us had a way that we could tweak on suspension on anything that we ride by just turning a knob here and there. And it wasn't this complicated, like take the shock off, take it into a dealer, you know, have them rebuild it, like revalving different shims, different oil, different everything. It's like the moment that that happens and God, for, God forbid that happens in the middle of a riding season, nobody wants to do that. So having like fairly infinite adjustability, the QS3, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of the QS3. I'm a huge fan of the IQS. You guys know that with the electronic, the intelligent quick switch, I mean, you've got the ability to change dampening profiles right by your thumb. I mean, it's the most amazing thing. And it, when, you, when you start to develop that skill set where you actually remember that you have the ability to change those settings, your riding changes dramatically. Like I have a way now to make that sled perform at its best given the terrain that I'm in. And it's not as intuitive as everybody makes it seem is like, you can't just go ride that thing and be, wow, that, that QS3 is amazing. You got to spend some time on it and you got to actually make those adjustments. I think one of the words that I use the most in snowmobiling when it comes to tuning on a snowmobile is complacency. Like you don't know what you don't know. I've had people that have been out here and they've been on blown out shocks the entire season and they just ride it. And it's because God forbid they take those shocks off and they miss a week of riding because they had to go get their shocks redone. And so, I mean, Fox has just nailed it because they've created this suspension that you can make these small tweaks to it. They've done a lot of the adjustability or a lot of the science behind it, you know, in the background. I mean, so you just see this switch and you're just monkeying with one, two and three. And like I said, if you're on the IQS, you're just touching a button and that technology is going to continue to grow. And, um, you know, you guys see Fox from the mountain bike side of things. You know, when you're when you're dealing with something that is, you know, 35 pounds, like take a take like an all mountain mountain bike. When you make those really small tweaks to suspension, 
because you're riding something so lightweight, you really feel it. Like you will feel the changes in that front fork and the changes in that rear shock on your mountain bike like crazy. The heavier that we get, the harder it is or the more complacent we get to actually make those adjustments because we're not really feeling anything. And all I would say to anybody that thinks that they're not making adjustments to make their riding better, they've never ridden a snowmobile with suspension. Because for you to just go ride the sled the way it is, you might fit into that like magical weight class of where those that suspension, like as it came stock, like kind of works for you. But when you're a, when you're a 260 pound guy not wearing any clothes and you're riding a 155 RMK in deep snow and you're wondering why the thing is trenching all over the place, chances are you're running a coilover rear suspension that has a spring rate of 180. You are maxing out that rear track shock before you even get started. So no matter where I can teach you to be forward or backward on the running board, the suspension is not working for you. Thusly, it gives a bad rap to the snowmobile. They're like, man, this thing doesn't go anywhere or do anything. And it's purely related to suspension. So we can talk about suspension a lot. Yeah, well, you know what? That's a good point because I know a lot of guys even down here, you know, some people trade up every year, every two years, you know, if you're, if you're lucky enough. But a lot of guys, after riding a sled for four or five years, they'll be like this thing, you know, and all they had to needed to do was go and get their shocks redone. Because it goes yeah. so incremental, you don't notice it. it. It goes so small, you don't notice it until all of a sudden it, they're shot. And I, I've said that. It's worth spending, like, you, the guy out here, Accelerated Technologies, the same thing. You know, you go and send your shocks to him, and he rebuilds them, and he'll set them up for you. And it makes a huge difference. You get your sled shut up, set up properly with suspension, it's huge. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> have these things on the bench top, guys. These are, this is the new Chris Brandt uh, lightweight shock package. Um where we've lost basically they they use percentages but we weighed it and it's about three pounds <laughs> it's about three pounds of a weight savings uh as the shock package in total but like right here i mean this is it you know just soft medium hard um and obviously there's a lot going on with the rest of it in terms of rebound compression lots of those things but this to me right here is you know, one of the wins in snowmobiling. And this isn't, you know, this isn't necessarily brand specific. I mean, this works, this will make a skidoo run, you know, work fantastic, makes an Articat fantastic. And you certainly feel the difference, but you know, you do have to monkey with the shocks. I mean, suspension is meant to be something that you tweak. It's just like clutching. Oh my God, you guys, can we do clutching videos? You guys are gonna see a clutching video on the YouTube channel where I'm gonna go to SLP. Uh, you know, I go to the dudes that eat, sleep and breathe clutching because the amount of the amount of people that reach out to me about how to clutch to beat your buddy and like you know just the best clutching setups once they come out west and it's always changing i mean it really is and as technology changes clutching is just going to continue to change just like these are so yeah they're pretty wicked but i just i noticed that about all the mountain guys they all switch over to those and that was one of the questions i wanted to ask you today so that that answers it perfectly because i know they're not cheap but like you said if you're able to adjust on the fly, that's that's worth its weight in gold. I think the three, uh, I, the, the three settings are the key, and you big knob that you can get with your gloves on. If it's packed with snow, you can't beat that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah something that's great for the for the guys that are the you know the performance with the the chaos and everything else is something else that Fox released is a, a QS3 on the center shock, which we've not had until this season. So. 
I've already tested this suspension, did quite a bit on one of these lightweight builds behind me. And um, it's just awesome, guys. Having, like I keep telling you, I mean, that's the biggest reason why people are making that swap is the adjustability to the whole suspension package. Because what you do to the front, you've got to do the rear. I see so many guys that will keep a coil over rear suspension and then just get a, a, a you know, a front set of floats. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's a little bit counterintuitive. Like if you're going to change the package, change the package and the, the, the front and rear track shock is equally as important as the front suspension. So Dan, is that, is that your new sled for this year coming up that you just built or is that, that's your new one or is that last year's? That's a last year sled. Yep. That's uh, just one of the one of the sleds that were like a personal sled to me. Most most of the sleds are out of here. I don't know when uh, I don't know when the new chaos has arrived. I'm 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 getting antsy. I'm I'm definitely ready for them. So uh, yeah, I could give you a shop tour. It's kind of it's kind of a disaster right now. We've, we're doing a lot of inventory. Um, you know, we're a, a climb authorized dealer and. We did really well with the sales of climb climb gear this last year, and so we went in, you know, really really big this year. It's it's nice, uh, you know, being where we are. We're kind of like we're right at the you know right at the doorstep to the backcountry, and so people that are coming through here, regardless of whether they're coming in here to you know to come to next level or to you know go through a riding clinic, they they need something, um, you know. We've got everything. We've got everything that Climb offers, which is pretty awesome. Actually, actually, Bobby Bell says, uh, Dan, didn't you run the SKS last year? Is that the same slide? I didn't run. So we had we had a couple SKSs. I had them in the fleet. Um, and then the year before that, uh, I did have a personal SKS that we built. And I've been a huge fan of the SKS. And anybody that was, you know, a Midwest rider that still wanted a 155 or capabilities of being able to ride off trail, uh, you know, wherever you're at and then bring that sled out West. I mean, the SKS guys is still such an amazing snowmobile to have, you know, the, the, the big differences there that make it sort of a crossover sled and why, why Polaris kind of keeps it in that crossover. You know, if they made a 163 SKS, I mean, I get it that that kind of takes it away from, I, I don't know how many of you guys like, thinking about that snowmobile you i'll ask you guys that question is there any of you guys in your group of riders that have an sks uh there one of the people i rode with had a sks 146 but that's obviously a lot more like an assault um i i haven't seen many 155s when they when it came out it seemed like the sale of them did pretty well a lot of people that were you know because now i'm getting more and more people that just buy a mountain sled and there's actually a ton of people that are buying mountain sleds or rmks and they're just leaving them out here in storage units and so they can just drive out with their buddies they're paying x amount of dollars for a storage unit uh the vrbo's and all of that stuff are really a hit around this area but there's a lot of people that are just full-blown buying mountain sleds and they don't even leave them at home they leave them here but the sks for anybody that wanted to kind of do a little bit of both with having that front cooler um and that ability to just you know stay cool on the trail system it's a pretty smart idea so you know they when i had those to answer that guy's question um i had them as a fleet sled because i do get a fair amount of rental uh customers here that are not a part of the clinic and they want to just you know go and see some backcountry and depending on the snow conditions here there is a fair amount of trail that you can go and access and you can get to some really fun riding area but like i said if the snow 
if the if the trail system is rock hard and I can kind of tell from the client that they don't really know about eye scratchers and you don't really want to kind of deal with that, the the SKS was a phenomenal sled because you could just run that thing, right? And the front cooler would keep the engine cool and you were just it's just a good way to go. So Dan, can you explain a little more about the uh, climb gear? I, I know it's different out west. It's much thinner. It's more breathable. It got a lot more vents because I'm actually uh, thinking about uh, getting uh, a climb uh, jacket and uh, bibs actually to go in tomorrow to try to get some. So, but yeah. can you just explain the little difference in the technology with the climb gear, if, if you don't mind? Certainly. So, as a mountain rider, you know it's important that we layer. Um, layering is a big deal for us because. You know, you're going to go on a trail ride, a cold trail ride at times, like going up the Grays River where we're at here. There, there'll be days, guys, where you kind of wished that you were in some insulated gear. So there'll be times when you want to really layer up. But you know is that you climb an elevation, the sun comes out, and then you start going to work, man. You start really getting after it. And, I mean, you guys can see from the photo, when you're, when you're moving around a sled and you're doing stuff like that, I mean, you're working hard. So you're perspiring. It is important to have layers that you can take off you know, put into a, hopefully into a waterproof bag somewhere, whether it's on the sled or your backpack or whatever. But layering is just important to a mountain rider. Like I was telling you guys about the, you know, some of that, those common mistakes or the guys that come out here kind of unprepared. When you're in insulated gear and you're already boiling over and you don't have a way to take any of that off, man, does that make for a tough day? I mean, your gear just starts getting super heavy, um, which just leads to fatigue and, you know, the quicker you fatigue, the quicker the day is over. So having lightweight gear that's breathable, uh, you guys already know reasons why anybody would wear Climb, right? Because of Gore-Tex. Um, Climb actually sent uh, myself and a few others from Climb out to the Gore-Tex plant. And we got to go through guys and see the technology behind Gore-Tex and what it is. And after, you know, after spending that day there, uh, pretty amazing, right? It's like a it's like a three and a half or four billion dollar privately owned company. Um, they've kind of got their hands in just about everything. And Climb, Climb hangs on to that that Gore-Tex contract um, or that partnership. Um, I mean, that, that's I think that's their strongest, uh, you know, in terms of FXR and everything else that's out there to be. And there's a lot of gear that's out there. And I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about any of it. I just I rely on my gear. You guys know that I'm a guide. I'm in the I'm in the backcountry, rain or shine, um, and I've just never had a wet day, which is which is pretty awesome. So I'm I'm a, a hundred percent believer in the product. Um, and like I told you, I mean, you can do your own research in terms of you know what it is that you're going to get out of snowmobiling. For all of us that are out here, you know whether like this photo that you guys are seeing, that's the the climb ripsaw onesie. I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of the the one piece suit. I like um, I like the fit, which is really important in terms of being able to do moves like that. You've got to have mobility. Um, I wear quite a bit of protective gear underneath that stuff because as I get older and I fall off the sled and I still fall off the sled a lot, you guys, um, you know, wearing knee guards and wearing chest gear, um, obviously always wearing an avalanche bag, um, those types of things. Yeah, you guys can see uh, a pretty sexy a uh, fleet of Arctic FX wrapped snowmobiles right there. So that's a, a herd of chaos. There is an SKS in there, a couple of RMKs. Last year, I kind of just mixed it up with sort of, uh, you know, giving giving the, the the person that wanted to rent a sled uh, a few a few different choices of what sled to, to, to rent. So, 
but back to the gear, man, I mean, everything from your helmet down to your boots, man, it's always just a, a decision of, you know, what you want to, what you want out of snowmobiling. And for me, I need gear that is durable. I need gear that is light. Um, I don't even think about the fact that it needs to be waterproof anymore because there's so much about mountain riding that can change in an instant. How many times guys I've been, you know, knee deep in running water, uh, whether it was my sled or someone else's. And to think that you're, you know, 25, 30 miles deep into, you know, an area where there is no trail system, you know, you've got to have gear that you can ultimately trust. And, you know, without that maybe sounding like a, a sales pitch, I mean, that's, that's certainly why I wear climb. So. No, I've heard that little buddy of mine, he has a climb suit from 12 years ago and the thing is still mint. Like it's, and that's why I'm going to try it out, Dan, like honestly. So I'm going to be interesting to see how the quality is and, and how it fits. So. Yeah. Like there's the, that's the new avalanche bag that climb introduced this last year. You'll never look that good in it though, Rich, not at all. No. Yeah. I actually used this photo guys and used the face app and I should have sent you that one because it just shows me when I'm like, <laughs> when I, what it would look like when I'm 90 and I'm actually like, I kind of look like some sort of pissed off GI Joe or something. I don't know. Anyway, it's a lot. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> this is, this is a perfect example of our filtered life, right? You only see what I need you to see. <laughs> so this was, uh, that's awesome. This was an opportunity of getting to ride the the 2021. Uh, uh, that's my backyard right here in Alpine, guys. So I was on that sled, um, you know, quite a bit earlier than everybody. And it was so I could do a, a YouTube channel review of the sled so that the moment, you know, March March 2nd hit and we had the reveal of the new snowmobiles, we were able to launch the, the YouTube channel video talking about this sled. So ho hopefully, cross my fingers, uh, I'll get to do that with the 22. And so the moment that you guys get to see what Polaris is up to next, you guys will see my YouTube channel review of what that sled is all about. And it's going to be awesome. That will be exciting. Yeah. Jesse just says uh, he wore it for years and changed to climb two seasons back. Cortex is the shit. He's never going back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We get that a lot, man. I mean, it's, everybody's making pretty decent gear. You know, I mean, we, we, we definitely see all kinds, but um, you know, it's, it's a choice that you'll need to make. You know, I, I think that there are a lot of people that choose FXR because of the colorways, the style. I see a lot of ladies, you know, using FXR because of the fit and some other things. And it's like climb isn't perfect, but they're certainly on the gas. I mean, these guys of the development and, and getting to know them, you guys know that where I live, uh, I'm an hour and 15 minutes away from climb headquarters. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that is cool. This this clip, this is a... This is a clip of me oh. uh, up the hill. Yeah. I talked about this. This was you. You stole my sled. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, lot of fun. You guys, you guys know that, I mean, snowmobiling has become like a series of dance moves. And because of social media, like... You know, I was a snowmobiler and so were you guys like way before Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and just all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, all we ever did was just go out and ride. And some of my best days of riding ever, there is not a photo, there is not a video, there is nothing. There were just the, just the crew, the crew that I was with, we made our own little mini movie in our heads and 
I hold on to that stuff like you would not believe. I just, I think that, I think that what we do and like sort of the, you know, the highlight reel that we, that we showcase and I'm, I'm embedded in it just like everybody else. I do it for, I do it for sponsorship. I do it for my business. Um, I can't say that it hasn't helped. Uh, the YouTube channel in itself, guys, has been a remarkable success. And it's great to see the numbers of people, the amount of people watching. Um, you know, you see these crazy numbers. Like we've just, you know, we've helped a lot of people, I think. You know, we've, we've, there's the, the comments that we're getting about, people that have been watching, you know, the how to side hill videos or the how to get unstuck videos or the common mistake videos. And some of those, it's been, it just charges me because it's a, it's another, it's another way for me to coach where I get it because of, because of money, family, time, distance, all of it, that not everybody gets to come out here and do this stuff, but it doesn't mean that they can't watch some of those videos and pick up a tip here or there. And I think that's pretty important. So that part's pretty cool. Right on. That's good. Uh, Gary, can you see that question from Steve there? If you could pull it up for Dan, just to if you can pull that up. I don't know if you see it there. Question. Says the, uh, I know you're busy all year with your riding clinics. How much testing do you do for new product for both Polaris and Klein? Thank you. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, so Polaris has a team of engineers, guys, that I have ridden with a lot of these guys and, you know, there are, there are times, there are moments like I've been on a snowmobile, uh, back in 2016 that will never see the light of day. It was just a, like a development snowmobile that was one of the most unbelievably crazy things that you guys could ever imagine. And there are just these situations or time frames throughout, you know, any given year where, we will get an opportunity to, you know, have some input and, and, and put that in there. And I think that that's, it says a lot about a company and climb you guys, we're doing that every year. So every year when the, you know, before the F3 carbon was a helmet, we were on it before there was a onesie, uh, you know, the, the three years ago, the, the cover of the climb catalog was me, you know, in a onesie that was like the first lock saw, that they ever had it was like a bright blue thing they didn't even make it right they didn't even you couldn't buy that thing and so yeah we've we've had an opportunity to test some of this stuff and then in the aftermarket between i think you guys know um you know my partnership with skins protective gear we do a ton of product testing and development throughout the season so there'll be stuff that's on these sleds that you know isn't for sale it's just stuff that we're you know, does it suck? What do we need to change? And, and it's been great because a lot of times you can't just hold on to a product and, you know, make some sort of decision on whether or not it's going to work. And so it's good. And, and a lot of these companies, you know, that's, that's kind of part of the, our, our relationship is, you know, we, we, we're out there, we're, we're, we're visible on the snow, we're visible on, on social media, we're visible on YouTube, all this stuff. And then, you know, when a product is, is good and we've tested it and we know that it's going to hold up, that's kind of when it can see production and, and then we go from there. So good question. That was a good one. Yeah. You, Gary, you got a question? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was trying to unmute my mic here. I've got a screen share to do. You mentioned about, uh, about helping people. And I don't know, like we're talking a lot about mountain riding and, and mountain riders and, opportunities out west but 
I was saying to Rich and, and everybody that I've talked to about having Dan Adams on the show the last few days is you've helped flatlanders like myself. It's like, I, I don't know whether I'll ever make it out West for a mountain trip. I mean, financially probably never in the near future, but it is on the bucket list before I'm too old to do it. But it, I watch your videos for tips on the flatland and, and, Stupid things like even just learning how to side hill or or get out of a situation where you're you're getting stuck in powder. Um, I use the tips all the time, and I've actually got a little screen share here just to show you what you taught me. Because I, oh. I binge watched the side hilling 101 video last year, and then when I got the 129 tucked up underneath my my uh, 600 E Tech, I went out and Drew and I were laughing our asses off about this because it actually works it actually freaking works and i'll just uh i'll just go on here hopefully we can get this up i don't know whether we'll have sound again but bear with me oh yeah there it is huh <laughs> that's awesome gary you looked like a pro buddy <laughs> you were you can see you my you can see my foot hanging out and everything there. Like it just, uh, where are we here? Anyway, it's. Yeah, so, yeah, that was, that was great. I, was... I mean, snowmobiling is just like anything else, right? It's just repetition, you know, and, and I tell people all the time that come in here and it's like people that don't know me, people that like, I think they come in and they're maybe a little bit nervous and they're, they're I don't think it's not nervous about me and me. They're, they're nervous about their day, right? They're nervous about getting into the backcountry and doing their thing. But we joke around and I'm, I'm definitely a class clown. I try and, I try and present that, um, especially through my channel, um, that I, I just really love snowmobiling. I love being around people. I'm a very extroverted person. I can talk to, I can talk to you three, or I can talk to 3000 people. It doesn't, doesn't really change. I'm just so used to Kind of being in front of people like you guys are i mean when you're a you know when you're when you're when you're doing podcasts and just things like that i mean i get it we're talking to a screen but there's a lot of people checking it out and i'm just so used to that that when i get people that come in and they're a bit introverted and they're a bit shy and they're a bit whatever and i'm kind of like what's up and i'm in their face i mean they these guys man they they don't really know how to take me just yet but uh you know halfway through day one and we're on the snow and they finally taken their helmet off and they're they're finally relaxing and doing that. I mean, it's really fun to, to just kind of watch people and, and more than a coach guys, more than somebody that, uh, that goes out and just is like this hardcore, like teaching people and instructing them. I'm more of like an entertainer because I like the idea that people are brave enough to come out and really like want to learn. So you're already showing me your inner badass by being here, like that you want to come out and, and learn a sport that, I mean, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. And it's not easy, right? It takes time. And an analogy that I will always give to people is that, you know, if you if you suck at playing golf, you guys play golf? <laughs> Everybody's very kind of poorly. This. Very poorly. I kind of I kind of do this with golf as well. I'm a low eighties golfer. If it gets any hotter, I stay yeah, home. I got you. I got it. So when you suck at golf playing more golf doesn't necessarily like get you better, right? You take a lesson, learn from the lesson, like how to perfect your swing and how to like change your game from that. Then you go practice. And that's, 
that's essentially the next level mission statement is like, you know, continuing to just, you know, if you're watching the videos, but the videos aren't helping and you really do need somebody that's right there in that specific move or that specific environment, kind of tweaking on you and, and changing what's happening to you on the snowmobile, you know, that can make all the difference in the world. And so that's what next level is, is we're, we're there to get you to their, your, you know, your next spot. And when I developed sort of the curriculum to what, what I thought was like a great way to teach people how to snowmobile, I had zero idea or even zero intent that I would get the return clients that I do. And all it shows me is that there are people that once they get a taste for what snowmobiling is or what that snowmobile is actually capable of, they are so addicted to it that they're like, oh my God, I cannot wait to go A, practice this on my own, right? And so you can kind of see where this heads and like the ripple effect of all of it is they, they came here, maybe they were on some old iron and they didn't really want to invest in the snowmobiling because they didn't really know what they were getting themselves into. Now they kind of see what snowmobiling is or what it could be to them. They go home, they drop 20 pounds because they realized when they were out here, like, holy smokes, I got to get in shape. They go buy a new sled. Guys, I have a guy that's been to my class three years in a row. He lives in Myrtle Beach, right? He lives so far away from me, it's not even right. The guy runs a, a jet ski rental outfit. He's been here three years in a row. Year one, he made it one day of a two-day class, and he was done. And so flying back to the Carolinas, right? He's That was it. Just He's probably watching, but, you know, tail between his legs. Like, he knew it. He was like, man, I I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And he kind of came in, and he, he had some expectations for himself, went back, comes back next year, you guys. Day one, he's struggling a little bit, trying to get acclimated. Day two, this dude completely does, like, a, a, he comes full circle. He just starts lacing it. He's, he's, he's building confidence. He's, he's going across the side hills. He's doing everything else. Just talked to him two days ago. Two days ago, he snow checked a brand new chaos from a dealer about an hour from me. And I'm gonna build that's awesome. I'm gonna build his sled up. We're gonna do a few things to it. We're definitely gonna do something like into sledding. And <laughs> you imagine that's awesome, man. And then you're gonna have Dan build your sled for you. That's freaking awesome. He must be in heaven. But here's the kicker: the dude lost 30 pounds. Like COVID was good to him. 30. And so I guess the, the, the point that I'm trying to make here is that, you know, as we started building this and, and I started getting these return clients and everything else, it's what's, what's keeping me going, what's making it so gratifying, not just as a business and everybody's like, wow, you're a, you're a professional rider. You guys, I, I, I built a business where the reason I get to snowmobile, the reason, you know, Barant and I and Matt Entz and Chris Brown and Julianne Chapman and, you know, every one of these guys, um, all of us that are out there with, with some type of guided surface, Dave Nerona, like all of us, the reason why we're able to do that is we created a business where people like you guys, you know, pay to come out and learn how to do the sport that, you know, that you guys love and you just need help doing it. So that's my, that's my profession within the industry. That's what I do is I, I became that coach or that entertainer that I was talking to you guys about, but that's, I mean, that's the kicker of it all. But the, the thing that is keeping me going is the fact that it's not just teaching people how to snowmobile. Like we're changing lives. Like these guys are losing. I mean, imagine the, imagine the, the, the lifelong benefit of taking 30 pounds of your body away 
and you're so focused, like he is so like a dog chasing a ball right now. He is so, he can't wait for like the redemption ride. Like he can't wait for January 2nd. He's going to be here. He's so dang excited with me. And so I've built this, this list of friends, this grouping of people that are so loyal to continue to come back, but they, they go home, man. And they, they take the, they, they take the steps necessary, right? They, they get themselves in shape. If they were, if they needed to work a bit harder and get into a different sled or whatever it looked like, but it's just fun because it's not just about the sport. It's like, I don't know. It's like a turning point in their lives. And, and I would not have expected that as I built the, you know, built the business. So that part's cool. That's, that's awesome, awesome, Dan. Those stories like that are amazing, man. And that's just, again, the camaraderie of snowmobiling. Like, that's awesome. Like the guy, you know, loses 30 pounds and, and I mean, he's going to be just loving it. The next ride, he's going to be, oh man, get the GoPro going for sure. It's almost, it's almost like training for an Ironman or a triathlon where he's trying to beat his time, right? And it's the, it's the cheapest lightweight part that you guys can buy. Everything, oh, for sure. Everything you see behind me, that, that brown snowmobile right there. That's $34,500. That snowmobile is so much money to make that thing that 50 pounds lighter, which that's pretty amazing, guys, that you can be 50 pounds lighter. I mean, you pick up a 50-pound dumbbell, which I know we all have. It's one thing to pick it up, guys. We'll carry it all day and then carry it all day at 9,000 feet. And suddenly that is like, holy smokes, that's pretty awesome. But the cheapest way to do that is to lose it from right here. I mean, just that's it. If there, I, I can't say it enough that the conditioning part of it for mountain riding is so dang important. Yeah, I, you said $34,500. I've got $3,450 in my sled. <laughs> Actually, okay. you mentioned, uh, you've mentioned a lot of big names. Who would you say that, like, obviously, I mean, you, you started your, your story in, in Slednecks. Uh, who would you say you looked up to as an as a influence in what you do? Well, I mean, I look up to, I looked up to anybody that, that, you know, in that time frame, like in, as we were starting Slednecks, um, I had some local friends that were here that, you know, we, we, we all kind of, I think we all kind of looked up to each other. I mean, it was just sort of this, it was kind of this competition on snow. I mean, I, I competed in so many things so early in life that, um, it's, it's, I guess, more, more of a reason why I don't really compete now. I guess my only competition is just myself in the mountain. Um, but there was a, there was quite a few of those people. And then obviously industry guys, like, I mean, obviously I look up to Chris Brandt. Chris is a bit younger than I am, but you know, he, he, he developed because of, you know, his, his workings with Articat. You guys remember like when it was like a ride Rasmussen uh, tour, and Articat really sort of spearheaded the whole idea of like taking people out on mountain sleds. And then when Brant started Brant's Backcountry Adventure, um, he started that about two years prior to me starting Next Level. Um, and as our businesses have grown, they've, you know, we've, we've, we've really paralleled off one another in terms of, you know, the clientele and just the, the type of riding that we both like to do. And so Chris is a good one, but you know, there's a lot of people within the industry that that I've looked up to in terms of whether it was business or just riding ability and and things like that. Um, but to be honest with you, uh, the people that I look up to that have really helped me within business is guys like Dave Ramsey. Uh, I mean, I look up to Dave Ramsey. He's helped my wife and I, uh, you know, really turn this into something. That's right. He's he has helped me develop this where I've actually turned this thing into a real thing. I mean, it really has, and it's. 
it's benefited my family. It's benefited, uh, you know, being able to, to, to own what we have here and, and, and be able to do that. I look up to Tony Robbins. Tony is, uh, he's the same thing. He's just, the, the podcast and the things that I listen to, I think would maybe throw you guys for a loop in terms of what, what I like get out of life and things like that. So it's not always filled with a bunch of rock stars and a bunch of super athletes and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, I look up to some of these guys that um, are good at business. Um, they're good at philosophy. They're good at just those other things. Cause I can't, I kind of eat, sleep and breathe this life a lot, as you guys know. I mean, this is what my, this is my identity, right? I mean, my social media channel, as you look down at, with the exception of a few like family or summertime picks and things like that, most of what you see is snowmobiling. I mean, it's what it is. It's part of my life, but I, I do have a whole other set of my life that um, it's guys like those that are like big influences in that kind of help me, you know, become, become the, the guy that I am. So. Oh, and that's awesome, Dan. Cause that's about, not being really, it's not religion or that spirituality, but it's manifesting what you want in life and be a good person. And, and that that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I used to listen to Dave Ramsey on the radio and I stopped because at one time a guy was naming off all of his assets and he said he had two snowmobiles and Dave Ramsey said, snowmobiles, biggest waste, sell them now. And I went, oh. never again, you're gone. Funny. <laughs> If I, if I, if I called into Dave's show and I've listened to his podcast and listened, listened to the live show so many dang times, like he would tear me apart. Like he would like, so even though he's been such an influence on me, I know better. I'm not calling that guy. <laughs> he would rip me up, man. Yeah. He really would. Yeah. So. I got a quite uh, a comment from MP Johnny five. He says, Dan, I met you out at New Hampshire grass drags last year. We miss not having that this year to kick off the season. Although this helps, doesn't replace hearing the sound of the two-stroke screaming. Man, the Epping show. What an amazing freaking show. I actually was more bummed about that one being canceled than Heydays. I thought that Epping show, Keith Curtis and I traveled out there together. And what a warm welcome from everybody out there. And, I mean, it was, it's, it was fantastic. There's definitely a lot about this season, guys, because of, well, what we're all having to deal with collectively that's been pretty dang tough. Every one of us as riders, you know, we all have friendships that are, you know, Midwest, back East, all of that, and not getting an opportunity for all of us to hang out in September. You know, I look forward to heydays, guys. I've been to, I don't know, 11 of them. And um, I missed, I missed in 2018, I actually uh, tore my Achilles tendon. I was running up uh, one of those American Ninja Warrior walls uh, in August and snapped my left Achilles tendon. So that's the only heydays I've missed uh, in a long time. And to have, and you know, and to miss it again this year was a bummer. That's crazy. I can't imagine, how old are you or how young are you? <laughs> I just turned 45 this year. Wow, I can tell you're in good shape. Like you're all chiseled, like you said, you look like a like brick shit house. My wife, my wife is Russian and she, she is just an uber athlete and she wouldn't allow me to slip which is kind of frustrating but uh no i i i have a lot of sports guys there's a lot of things on the docket and um i do a lot of biking everything around me in the wintertime is so freaking noisy that thing is so it's cool sounding everybody's heard the sound of twins but my god you guys when i do it every day 
there's something about pedaling and I don't know if you guys, you know, use pedaling as a, a form of exercise, but it's, I, I just really enjoy pedal power in the summer. Um, I do a lot of stand up jet skis and I've got some, some pretty wild jet skis too, but, um, pedaling is a, is a, a great way for me to stay in shape in the summer. And then I own a, I own a seal coat company. And so we do a lot of asphalt maintenance, a lot of resealing. And I'm sure you guys have seen what that looks like. And there is, there is times, uh, there are times when we're on a really big project and I'm seal coating and, you know, I'll walk uh, a marathon in a day in steps. And so you're just, yeah, you just, you just stay in shape. And I, I don't have to be in shape uh, like a UFC fighter, thank God, but I can be in decent enough shape that when the start of the year hits, um, well, like I told you, I'm 45. Um, it takes a little bit longer for me to get going. <laughs> Age is in your mind only. Remember that, right? Uh, New Age Landscaping says, what's a must-have mod on a 21 Chaos 155 belt drive? Yeah, uh, the, the, the mod that's not a mod that I'll – this is going to blow up the chat room is, I mean, the first thing that I put on a sled is a tether. And the Skidoo guys are kind of tearing me up, and it's fine. But um, I'm using this new uh, – the new DuraPro tether that's a complete uh, magnet tether, which is pretty unique. But, I mean, the tether has got to be this first thing. And then, um, you know, a modification that I make, depending on, you know, the guy that asked the question – depending on his size, an actual modification that I make, guys, is I cut my handlebars down. Uh, I'm a pretty small dude, and so I will cut uh, about an inch and a quarter to an inch and an eighth out of the handlebars, and it requires a lot. You've got to take the bar ends off. You've got to pull the grips. You've got to take the heat gun and carefully, you know, get your heat tape and your, you know, your heaters off. Those things are 38 bucks a piece, so don't screw it up. So take those off, and then uh, we just use a you know, a pipe cutter and cut my bars down. The reason I'll do that guys is that I feel like when we're side hilling and when you're just managing the machine, when I'm way out here and I'm wide gripped, I don't know if you guys can see me. So I'm, if I'm wide gripped out here, I feel like I'm only using, you know, my extremities. Whereas I bring that grip in and I do this with a lot of ladies. If I can start to activate a bit more of me here and using my core muscles, uh, it's going to allow me to ride longer and then I can, because I'm activating those other muscles, I feel like I can ride safer that way too. And it's the smallest little details like that. It'd be like saying that, you know, the difference between riding with your skis and the wide stance versus the narrow doesn't matter when you guys already know that that matters. And even though we're only talking about an inch or two, it's pretty crazy how, you know, what that does in terms of how the sled performs. And so I'll, I will all the time have people ha have their own sled sitting next to mine and they've got the wide handlebars and then they'll stand on mine. And they're like, man, what the heck is so different? And I'll be like, I cut my bars down. So that's a good mod. Yeah. He says he's actually six foot two and 180 pounds. So he's fairly tall and lean. Uh, did he buy the, does he say on there? Did he buy the tall bar? Yeah, I can't tell. So no, that's cool. Where, where can, uh, where can our fans find you online? Where can our listeners find you online? So our website is just next level clinics. You could search, uh, we've worked really hard to where you could just type in anywhere and type in, you know, snowmobile instruction. And if we're not one, number one, we're going to be right there. 
So if you typed in snowmobile instruction, you're going to see Next Level Riding Clinics. Uh, nextlevelclinics.com is the website. On Facebook, uh, you can just type out Next Level Next Level Riding Clinics. On the YouTube, our YouTube channel is Next Level Riding Clinics. You can also follow, uh, just just find Dan Adams on Instagram. It's just at Sledneck Dan. You guys knew that I had to kind of keep my roots in that when I when I built that. Um, and then just Dan Adams on Facebook. Um, and then Instagram for next level is at next level and it's NXT LBL, uh, clinics for any of those things. So I feel like, uh, I feel like I've got a decent following. Um, I feel like I try to be as, as true to, to real life as I can be on my channel. Um, and as well as like how we're videoing the, the YouTube channel, I'm doing that. Uh, purely because I feel like I can't get to everybody. They can't be here in person, right? They can't be here physically. And so I access YouTube guys and use YouTube uh, kind of crazily. Like I have a, I have a 1979 international scout that I'm working on. That is kind of a pride and joy, like old rig. And I see that in the background of your videos. I, I, I'm watching the truck more than the, the, uh, the, the sled video, the yellow one, right? Well, I have a, so I have another one. So I have a, I have a matte gray one, which if I knew how to do all your fancy screen shares, I could put one up there so you guys could see it, but uh, it's pretty amazing vehicle. But anyway, why I'm, why I'm talking about it is I was trying to replace one of the, the, like the felt on one of the windows uh, on the driver's side. And I opened up the door and I start getting into this thing. And I'm like, man, the, the, the parts for this thing, they're not, they're pretty hard to come by. And so I get on YouTube and of course I found this like six minute video of this guy that like did the exact same thing. And he's giving me all these helpful hints and just like right away, you know, that's like the light bulb going off. It's like, man, I need to build a channel for all things, you know, working on these snowmobiles and just tips and tricks. And obviously I would build something where there'd be riding fundamentals in there, but we're doing, you know, product how to's and this year guys, I'm excited that we're, uh, we're going to travel to some of these manufacturers. So I'm going to go to Skins Protective Gear down in Phoenix. We're going to go to Logan, Utah, and we're going to go to Zollinger Racing Products. I mean, you guys see us building these sleds with all these like lightweight billet, you know, machine, like you got like the rotator cup and you got the, you know, the drilled and slotted brake rotors. You've got, you've got all this cool stuff. Well, I've been to these facilities and it is so worth everybody seeing what goes on at those places. And so we're going to go to trails West trailer. I'm going to go to starting line products. We're going to go through and just do these kind of manufacturer walkthroughs. And so there'll be some YouTube channel videos on my channel that are kind of going through each one of those places. I'm pretty pumped about that. So. Uh, that's awesome. That'll be great. We'll be looking forward to seeing that Dan. Yeah. What does he say? I've watched all the videos Dan has posted. <laughs> on how to side hill yeah he hasn't gotten my video yet on how to side hill that, that's coming up i'm gonna start uh on my comments now i'll start saying and i'll just get your handle and just say hey refer to <laughs> he's he's stepped... Re -re refer to mud brats yeah the level after next you got to go to this guy i mean that's that's what we'll do <laughs> Maybe when the people show up and they're dressed like the Christmas story, you can just tell them um, you're in the wrong place. You got to go see Mudbrats first, and when he he shows you how to get stuck, I'll show you how to get unstuck. It's why on the other side of that wall is a retail space loaded with gear. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so this is going to be day one, 
And I'm not going to sell you on gear today. By the end of today, you're going to want gear. So that's a, that's kind of a great reason why we've got the stuff we don't. And when we first started this thing, you know, we've expanded this shop a number of different times. And I, when I first started, guys, I never would have thought that I'd have, you know, a retail sales space that's just, I mean, it's it's doing really well. It's it's doing awesome. So is it a, a, an incremental price range? So the first day it's here, and then the second day it goes up, and then the third day by the end of the by the third or fourth day it's like double the price. I could I could certainly say that about certain clients where it's like the pain in the butt factor goes up, and so I I keep the price going up. No, no, it's all good, man. No, I have a I have such an awesome team of guys here. Uh, I got to call him out. So good friend of mine. He's been a friend of mine since we were knee high together. Jason Blair, uh, kind of known as the Blair man. Uh, Jason's been a guide with me since nearly the beginning. He is, he's my right hand man. He works for me full time. He's the guy that was out on the asphalt with me today. So he's, he's an instructor here. He's very passionate about it. Um, something that's unique about Jason is that, um, you know, December 2nd, 2007, Jason was buried in an avalanche and, it was my index finger in his mouth and nose after we undug him, which he was face down about four feet down, but it was my, my hand in his mouth clearing his airway so he could breathe. And so he's alive um, because of, you know, well, we learned a lot that day, but you guys know that I tell that story of the mistakes that were made um, to every clinic. And something that you and I were talking about before we even came on the air is that, you know, for 12 years, guys, my, my dedication to what I do here for 12 seasons in a row, I have not missed one riding clinic, not one time. So I'm here some, some years we've done, uh, you know, last year, I think we did 19 riding clinics. Um, some year, some years because of snow year or whatever, we've done a little bit less. Some year we've years we've done more, um, I've got 16 book classes right now. So I've got just a couple of holes to fill. Um, but we tell that story every single time. And so Jason and his input here as a survivor to an avalanche, um, the things that we teach and the things that we stress guys, it's not just from the things that we have learned and researched by going through classes of our own to attain. Um, you know, I'm, kind of certified through the AAA to, to teach and actually host level one avalanche courses here. Um, and so we've gone through and got the certifications. I'm a, I'm a, what has it been, man? I'm eight years. So I'm an eight year continue to research wilderness first responder. Um, and there's a, there's a fair amount of people that are out here that, that, you know, kind of follow those same type of, you know, training throughout each and every year and it's because we have to right we're we're guides we're responsible for you guys that come out here if there's ever an issue i've got to be responsible i run a business so there are a lot of those things that were you know brought to my attention as i first started this but um jason is just he's just been hardcore into this and his input on the avalanche side about we were talking about that earlier guys of you know what we stress to riders and how we teach it um he is very passionate about the avalanche side of what we do here at next level um i have a friend his name is dylan dylan is so jason is 46 i am 45 i have another kid that's an instructor here that is from uh park rapids minnesota he came out here uh he's been here for four or five years this will be his 
fourth year guiding for me. He is a charter fisherman in Sitka, Alaska in the summertime. His name is Dylan. He is a remarkable snowmobiler. He's, he's a captain of a fishing boat. So he, he hundred percent gets it, man. He knows how to talk to people. He's great at entertaining. Um, you know, he and I get along really, really well. And then I've got a new kid, my new 25 year old that, uh, he keeps me on my toes. He's 25. He is from Michigan. Uh, he's a, he's an upper peninsula of Michigan shredder. And he is one of those kids that makes me a firm believer in the fact that if you concentrate on this sport and you really put the effort into it, the, like the rapid improvement that you can make on your riding. Right. So he, he was from Michigan. He came out here and he just dedicated his winners to riding. And he is my shadow. Like he, he is the guy that when I finish a tree line, he's slightly above me and he's sitting there going, man, why are you breathing so hard? <laughs> so anyway, I, I need, I need, I hear you. I need that in my life. And uh, so anyway, that's my, that's my rat pack of guys. And then my wife, Irina, um, she is, she's responsible for all of it. I mean, she is the rock. She built the website. She's built, she's built basically everything. I'm, I'm more or less like an employee to my own company and she runs it. So she's, she's the heart and soul of the whole thing, which is pretty awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think like you got a good group of guys, Dan, for sure. A lot of fun. Yeah, like we were talking before the show, I don't think people realize when they see you on videos and YouTube and and all the new products how hard you actually work with your with your job in asphalt and and not missing a clinic, even being almost deadly sick, uh, you're still out there for the people. Yeah, yeah. When I broke my tendon, you guys, I broke that on August 9th in 2018, and I. Oh man, did the world come to an end for me real quick, right? I mean, uh, an Achilles tendon, that's a, that's a big one. And I didn't tell anybody. I called Polaris and I let him know I'm not making it to heydays. This is what just happened. And man, was that just like a, a realization of, you know, what was about to happen and, and having to rely on my crew a lot that season um, it says a lot about them. It's a, it says a lot about, you know, what we've built here as a company, but uh, trying to hide that from the public as much as possible, because the last thing that I wanted to do was, you know, announce that out. Hey, I just, you know, tore the biggest tendon in my body. Uh, but, but, you know, go ahead and continue to book, you know, <laughs> come out to next level. And we had a successful season. I, I had surgery on August 14th and the doctors told me that I could be, I could be ready to ride with some light riding by February. And I had 1200 miles on by February 1st. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> good job. Well, yeah, whether it was good or not, I mean, I can just be lucky and stupid, but cause you break that one again and uh, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, but it healed good guys. We're, we're, we're good. So that's why I don't exercise, you know, too much, it's too much risk of getting injured. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. Well, perfect. I do my share. I do my share. Yeah. Well, what great, man. Ride, 
the 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 segment, the podcast, and the live stream is called Snowmobile Sessions. What would be your dream snowmobile session if you could describe it? In terms of like uh, where I would ride or who? Yeah, <laughs> either or. I take it your wife's not in the room. <laughs> My wife rides pretty well. She she constantly makes makes up reasons why you know she she shouldn't be out riding or she's always putting the business first and but she's pretty amazing at snowmobiling but i think my dream session guys is uh i've had a lot of them i mean i really have snowmobiling used to be this thing that you know it, it took like the entire season like you'd have like oh i just had this epic year of riding and since i turned what would i think maybe a lot of people would argue is like your ultimate passion i turned it into a job like i punched the clock every day to go snowmobiling what's changed for me is that i've I've been able to be on a snowmobile so much that I can kind of sum up like that really cool, like really memorable session. And I can do it in like one or two turns. In other words, like I could just have this, you know, like that day that we just showed that video where you said that that was you, or I, I guess I won't, I'll keep that line. We'll keep that going. That that was you. And I was just watching. <laughs> but so that day, you guys, uh, that's in a really cool place. It's called South Willow Creek. It's, it's not too far from where I am. And, you know, that was just one afternoon of riding that, that really escalated, right? Like that, what you guys didn't see from that is that that's like a, a like a bow tie and I had running water, you know, right, right below me. And we, 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 we do this stuff to ourselves kind of on purpose. Like we're like, man, you know how sick it would be to like go put a bow tie in that slope when you know you've got like a real opportunity to sink your sled like right below you but there are things like that where i can sum up my session or my entire like you know my whole stoke for the whole year can be done in like like one or two of those moves where it used to just be this you know huge collage of things and and now it's not that way i get i get to ride a ton and uh i think there's a lot of this gratification i get out of snowmobiling that i have now turned into getting to see people that didn't think that they could do anything on a snowmobile and watching them leave the class or, you know, during that class have some sort of a win. It's pretty amazing, right? Like they're, they're, they're here because they want to learn to snowmobile. I, I can teach them the techniques to do that. I can instill confidence in them, but I can't give it to you and you can't go next door and swipe the, you know, the black card and just buy confidence. Like it's something that has to come from within. And when you, when you can help someone develop a mindset and a skill set that leads to confidence and you watch that person do something they didn't think they could. I mean, that's, that's kind of all the reason that's, that's why I do it. And so my best session of a year, if I were to like really put my finger on it, it could be, it could be two things. It could be epic snow, epic sleds, and just my tight little core group of people that I barely look back at because I don't need to. Like those are those are really fun days. We call those quick little rips or QLRs. Um, but the other part that could be summed up, guys, would be a, just a group of people that, you know, I mean, I get a bunch of beginners, a bunch of level ones that had the most phenomenal time at next level because they came into this thing with maybe relatively low expectations for themselves and they came out of it with this like glimpse of what mountain riding could end up being for them. And I think that part is really cool. And so I could, I could easily have two different, you know, ultimate sessions. That's awesome. Thank you so much. It's perfect.
anyway, well. Yes, yeah, so listen, we, uh, you wanted, I, I, was, I was hoping Rev would have, would have asked you a question. Uh, you got a question for him, Rev? Uh, do you still want to do the shop tour or? Yeah. I can look at yeah, it. Yeah. Give us a tour around the shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are seeing that thing. So here's the other one. And this thing actually sold to a gentleman out in Minnesota that I was supposed to, uh, I was supposed to bring that thing to heydays and that didn't happen. So. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, so twin, twin pipe, 163 cut tunnel, uh, next tech carbon. So all of that. And then Carl's 900, 155 cut tunnel. You guys see all the, like all the next level stuff, all the stuff that I've kind of partnered with skins on. That's been a, it's been a really fun uh, partnership. All of this stuff here. So. Damn, that's sexy under there. <laughs> we love monkeying with the colors. You guys, <laughs> so this is my nephew's snowmobile. And, you know, my nephew, he just turned nine years old and he's, he's obviously got some, uh, some sled neck DNA in him because he came to me and he's like, uncle Dan, he's like that thing. Uh, it just doesn't have enough power. And so <laughs> that's awesome. we're on the hunt now, uh, for, for something bigger. But anyway, uh, you can tell that it's, uh, yeah, it's climb day. Lots of, uh, lots of inventory to go through. We can go into the retail space. So we were just talking about, you know, my retail area being sort of head to toe climb, all kinds of different accessories. Very nice. Yeah. So we keep it, you know, we keep it kind of to the point. I think what's unique about what I do as a retailer is that most of what's in there is products that, that I use personally. Right. So it's, it's nice. We'll go out on a, on a, on a clinic day and guys are seeing what I'm wearing. They're seeing the avalanche equipment that I'm using. And then they come back to the shop and they see that that's the stuff that's hanging on the walls. And so I'm truly, and kind of have to be a believer in the products that I sell. And if I don't believe in it, if I haven't tested it, if I'm not using it, then it's not in there. And that's, uh, that's kind of it, but it's pretty short and sweet guys. I've got this like little shop room over here. I keep my compressor and a whole bunch of spare parts and tools in there. Um, this bench I built and kind of developed for the YouTube channel when we were doing any kind of like, uh, product reviews or things like that. You guys can come over here. We were just talking about float threes. Somebody's going to grab this and like screenshot it, but it's like every bit of this guys is between the lightweight sleds, skins, front ends, stock suspension, uh, all of these different things. Those are all air pressures uh you know throughout the season that we are tweaking on sleds like i told you guys before man suspension is this kind of infinite thing just like clutching so we can go through a clutching you guys will love this am i making everybody seasick <laughs> oh, that's not too bad it's actually looking pretty good so you know clutching for days i mean whether we're monkeying with helixes doing a bunch of like we grind our own weights down uh we, we do all kinds of different stuff in there those are just SLP stacks of just SLP Magnum Force weights. These are all waiting on the new chaoses to get here. Because I'll clutch, guys. I'll clutch every one of the sleds. And, you know, we just, we have our own clutching setup that we know works for our area. Um, and thanks to SLP for that. Those guys, it's pretty awesome that, you know, we've developed a, such a good relationship with them that we can outfit 
every one of the sleds and that makes it awesome. So it's every sled that comes out of here, whether it's me riding it or it's a rental sled is some type of modified snowmobile from SLP. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Static Stang, Stang he, uh, he asked in the chat if you've ridden any other brands um, yeah. or you just strictly Polaris. So I ride every, I ride every brand of snowmobile every year uh, through the clinics. Right. And then, I'll do, uh, you guys heard of road reports where like the manufacturers get together and for the last couple of years, I haven't gone, but Polaris would actually invite me out to road reports, um, you know, for years I've been, I've been with Polaris as a rider for 12 years. Um, and so I've, I've done, I've been to every photo shoot from every year on since I started. So I, you know, we, you guys see the catalogs and the videos and all that stuff that you come out. I mean, you pop onto the Polaris website and you'll see you know, Barant and myself and Matt and just the whole crew of guys that are out there doing this stuff for all the photos. Um, but road reports was an interesting one because Polaris would actually, you know, hire me to go, go out there and they wanted me to ride the other OEMs, which I think is important. It's important for me, um, you know, obviously as input back to Polaris, but then it's also important for me as a coach, you know, I didn't intend on only teaching to people on Polaris snowmobiles, guys, like next level isn't, you know, you have to ride a Polaris and people, even when I talk to people on, on online or everything and people that meet me, they're like, yeah, I went and bought a skidoo and they're like apologetic for it. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, ride whatever you want to ride. Like that's, that's not necessarily what it is. Like I I'm going to show you the advantages that I have of riding a Polaris, but it still comes down to choice. You guys can ride. There are a lot of people are out here that will ride a sled where they know they've got a dealer where they can, you know, parts, service, belts, oil, all of that stuff. And I totally get that. And I respect that. You want to ride a Polaris snowmobile? I can help you with all of the things that I know in terms of being able to make that snowmobile work for you. When you ride another OEM, you know, obviously there's certain things that I can, you know, when you ride a skidoo, let's say a lot of people ride skidoos, a lot of people bring the skidoo to next level. Do you stand on that sled a little bit differently in terms of a technique? And the answer is yes. Is it just important, just as important in terms of ski stance, suspension, where the handlebars are, are, are sitting? You guys know the, the way the post comes out on a skidoo. You see a lot of guys with that post sitting straight up in the air and you know that that's not, not what we want. Right. And so we're, we're doing all kinds of, before we even leave the shop, little tweaks to people's snowmobiles, regardless of the manufacturer. And so the answer to that guy is yes, I ride all of those different sleds. And then prior to my Polaris, um, you know, to my, my, my being an ambassador and being a partner with Polaris, I, I rode an Articat. I didn't ride for Articat, but um, yeah, I, I actually pretty excited about that because I, I was the ninth guy in the world to backflip a snowmobile and I was on an Articat when I did it. I mean, it's just, I was riding a, an M6 141 and went upside down and I did it on uh Jim Rippey's jump in American Fork, Utah, where the very first backflip was ever accomplished. So I got that little, little, I remember that little trophy. Yes. 2005, everybody. Yeah. That's when, that's when all this was actually like a dark hair instead of like <laughs> what it is now. <laughs> I already bugged you about the Wolverine beard. I think if Rich just shaves the middle, he'll, he'll be just like you. Oh man, you should see this in the middle of the winter. It's crazy, man. I look well. Anyways, I look homeless, but that's what the winter's about, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about. So, 
you guys are actually i'm pretty lucky like i i shaved like two days ago uh I think I, my wife and I were going to go to dinner or do something, but typically I'm like you. I'm like bearded out and I don't really care. I mean, it's <laughs> just the way it goes. So, so I noticed that you and uh, you, you and Chris work with a lot of the same companies. Is that because of Polaris or do you both just have good relationships with them? You know what, man? It's uh, <laughs> it is. It's about good relationships. Polaris has Polaris is. You guys see like how Skidoo riders, a lot of their top riders are riding, you know, riding for Skidoo clothing. Um, and I get it that, you know, Polaris is, Polaris owns Climb and that was convenient, right? And then you see like Arctic FX is affiliated with Polaris and that's a, that's a great program. But none of us, as we got going with this, ever planned that. Like I was riding for Climb before it was purchased by Polaris. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, these relationships, these companies, it's all been... I don't want to say coincidental, but it is crazy that guys like Chris and Matt and Cole Wilford and Keith Curtis and a lot of us that are, you know, kind of pushing, pushing the sport. Um, we all do ride for very similar companies. And there's a few that are, you know, different companies, guys are riding for different suspension, uh, different turbos, different things like that. But, and we kind of need that, right? I mean, we need that diversified, you know, we, we need that. We need separation within that. Like, I so hope to God that Articat kind of kind of pull it together. You know that the snowmobile industry guys, we need Articat to be a company, right? Absolutely. And to be a badass company. We need a sled from Articat and Yamaha or whatever they're calling themselves. We need that company to survive. Just like Climb needs FXR or Climb needs the, you know, the next up and coming 2B or whatever that company is. We all need that. And God knows we need you like know, Rev Rider needs uh, Mud Rats ADV. Yeah, like John there it is. <laughs> Ace and, and and all those other things. We have to have that within our industry, and that's what makes it fun. I mean, I don't have to 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 put on a bib and compete to be competitive within the industry. I I enjoy building these snowmobiles, and you know, knowing that that's kind of what my mission is. Is like I'm out to you know to go and and you know, what, if it's just my guys, uh, you know, my guys would attest to this and they're probably not watching this, but you know, when we go out on our quick little rips, you guys, I'm still the guide and I'm still out to get my whole entire next level crew completely tied up, like where they're just stuck and <laughs> they don't know why I chose to go a certain spot. And I mean, I love that stuff. Right. And we, we all do. I mean, that's, a, that's a, you ride with Chris Brandt when I rode with Chris Brandt in Chile last summer. You guys have to remember, Chris and I, we have businesses where we are so busy that I could even tell you right now that from about December 12th through the, through the year, I know where I'm going to be every single day of my winter. Like that's how booked it is. And Chris is the same way. And then Chris's Chile is booked all into next summer. And so when I got to go and ride with Chris in Chile this last summer, those four days of riding consecutive, well, we've never got a chance to do that. And we cat and moused, and it was so much dang fun, you guys. I had no cameras. I had nobody telling me that I needed to be in a certain spot. It was just him and I getting to just hit skis and just rip through the trees and just one, one guy trying to like outdo the other, and it was so much fun that I'm going to go back to Chile this next year because – We've both just settled on the fact that the only way that we get to ride together is 6,000 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So the the snow in Chile, I was watching the video. It doesn't look as powdery as it does up here. Is that something specific to down there or just when you were riding? You at times can be on the side of the hill and see the ocean. Like it is very susceptible to like rapid changes. Like we were one minute it was blue sky and the next day it was pouring rain. And then the day I was leaving, it was dumping dry pow like you would not believe and it is such a hit or miss area that uh well it it would probably remind a lot of people of like living in like the sierras and like the tahoe area where it's like they do get a fair amount of snow and they can have really good snow seasons but when they get good snow it doesn't stay there for very long and so you certainly remember that you're in south america which for me you guys like i get it that I mean, a bucket list item would be to go to Chile and get to ride phenomenal snow and you're riding in South America in August. I mean, that'd be a, though all those things added up would be a, a definitely a bucket list item. Guess what? It's still a bucket list item, regardless of the snow, because you're riding on the side of a volcano when you know all your friends are back home holding a shovel and, you know, are running the lawnmower. And you're, I, I didn't really, I didn't realize just how awesome it was going to be. And then I got home and I was like, man, I was just snowmobiling and I'm back home and now I'm back on asphalt duty. <laughs> so it's a good time. Yeah. It looks like a whole experience with all the grilling and the accommodations and everything. Definitely a different world than what we have up here. I, I, I thought it would be a bucket list thing and now it's going to be something I want to do on the regular. So Chris, if you're watching, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta work that out. Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. I enjoyed watching that series last year. That was really cool. You know what? That was that was pretty wild seeing you guys ride back out there. That was really neat. Yeah, I need to go down there and uh, you know do a a channel video. And uh, yeah, you know we always we always it's funny within the industry we're always like coming up with ways that it still work, <laughs> even though we're going to have a like the time of our lives. But I got to go down there and shoot a you know shoot a channel video. So. Okay. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Like you say, you, you know, getting paid to do what you love, man. That's half the battle, you know. That's and it shows with your videos too, Dan. Like it's awesome, man. It's it's good to good to watch. Well, I wanted it to be as uh, as real as I can make it, and I'm judging by the ju judging by the audience, judging by the, the like the attendance, guys. Like when I look at the analytics to the channel, um, and you guys will see this like even from social media, like I find myself as I like scroll through Instagram where it's like, you're just kind of double tapping the screen and you didn't even read what the dude wrote, right? You just kind of fly through that. So I kind of feel like, you know, whether you have a following or not or whatever it looks like, there's just so much of it that's kind of diluted and the channel and once people have to go onto YouTube and the people that are actually taking an effort to subscribe or making an effort to subscribe, and then the people that are reaching out with all kinds of feedback, I am always open to that feedback in terms of a question about the existing video. There is a ton of people that have had awesome ideas about what video to do. And we're trying to do some prizes and some giveaways and some people that are really starting to, you know, trying to stay interactive to the channel this year. And I would have never thought that it would do what it's done. Um, but it's funny to look at some of those analytics guys like, the last time I looked, it's like there's 180,000 watched hours uh, to the channel. And it's like, holy stalker watching. Like, that is nuts. Like, I get it that we built, like, we had this one, like, common mistakes video that's got, like, 320,000 views. Um, 
but how many people must be watching that thing over and over again is just silliness. And I was like telling people to, you know, put your feet back and your body forward and don't use the mountain bar and just stuff that is so simple, but that's what, that's what YouTube can kind of be. Sometimes it's just something that's so simple. So, well, especially for snowmobilers, you know, we're nuts, man. Like you and seeing any snowmobile content. Right. And then when the summer comes up and everything starts slowing down, you're like, okay, let's go watch the old videos again. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say that. Uh, so you guys will see this. It's, it's, it's great that we're doing this, but that, um, you know, October is the start of the channel. And so this, this next Monday, you guys will see like the, the intro uh, video to kind of the, my, my, my intro video basically talks about, you know, it's thanking everybody for the channel. We talk a little bit about COVID. Um, I talk a little bit about Rob Kincaid. Um, you guys probably heard of Rob Kincaid and his passing this spring. Um, yeah. I've lived about, <clears throat> well, less than an hour from me um and was a really good friend and it was just a really really uh unfortunate incident what happened to him and um yeah it's it's something that as i talk about within the the intro video that we're we're going to talk about again we're going to learn from it uh those those types of things but you guys will get to see sort of the intro to the next level youtube channel this next month and lot, lots of stuff in store and i'm excited that there's there's that many people that are kind of feeding off of those videos um, so we hope to have another really successful season. Um, and this was awesome. You guys, this is, this is really cool to get the, to get the email from you guys and, and get an opportunity to come on the show. Um, I, I love the opportunity to, to talk to, to people that are passionate about snowmobiling. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's just one more outlet. So you guys are doing an amazing job with what you're doing. Um, and so just want to tell you guys thank you. been awesome. Yeah. And then that's the thing, uh, you know, you know, you made it when you end up on snowmobile sessions. Like you, you can consider this the big time for you, Dan, for sure. You, you might get recognized now on the street. Mister, Mister eighty, yeah, that's right. No place but up, Mister eighty five GT. He says he loves the passion Dan brings for snowmobile, and just like Dave F and Narona, regardless of brand, it's all about the ride. Great show, fellas. Nice. You guys can see my, uh, you know. This is my big time. Like I got my ghetto like light right here. Like this was my light. Look at this thing. I can just, I can do this move. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> me in the face this entire time. We've been on for almost two hours. So I know. Isn't it crazy how, how time flies? We end up burning through so many people's times. It's funny. Luckily, luckily my wife's off uh, doing something with her sister because she would, if she were here guys, she'd be, She'd be looking right over there and she'd be like tapping her wrist or she'd be like, hey. <laughs> like, I, went, I even went to grab another beer, but I don't have an opener for it. They missed the memo. I mean, that'd have been nice. So oh, that's awesome, Dan. We really appreciate you coming on, though. It's awesome. I can I can take time to uh put in my, you know, subliminal messaging with my Yeti. You guys ever seen this? Like, here's a guy that's sitting on the beach. Have you seen the screw off top right here? Watch this magnet right there wait that nice. is so cool yeah everybody's gonna be they'll clown all my friends that are watching this they'll be like you're so excited about that stupid magnet and i'm like well i i like ideas like this that were so easy and this dude's on a beach i mean the guy from yeti's probably on a beach right i mean he's and all he did was create the, the little magnet cap i freaking love it 
Yeah, but you know what? The very first day you're out riding in the mountains and you drop that thing in the snow. <laughs> yep. I switch it over, buddy. I go to the I go to the hard top that for the hot tea. That is the secret. And that is a must-have. Actually, we can't really call that a mod, but if you guys are ever wondering like what goes with me every day, every single day is I take hot tea with me. So we're we're big advocates of having the like the hot doggers on the sled. I like having a hot meal. Um, but even if you're gonna have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and some jerky, having warm liquid in your body, uh, whether you're just having a fantastic day, you're gonna get out early and everything worked out perfect, or uh, you're out there and you're you know you got somebody injured and you're having to hang and wait for search and rescue, whatever it looks like, having some form of like a hot liquid into somebody's body it's like building a fire right having a fire or building a fire there's something so calming about it that uh it's it's a necessity so having a fire starter all those things i mean i could i can start to rabbit hole into these things that i know you need and we probably shouldn't do that because there's a lot of it um but having hot tea that just reminded me of just hanging on to my 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 26 ounce rambler from yeti yeah, Richard Carter says, thanks, Dan, for helping an old flatland guy try some new moves. You're a great teacher. Ah, perfect, man. We like that. Well, good stuff. I love well, that too, man. That's great. When do you guys uh when do you guys cut this thing off? Are we a two-hour gig or what's it look like? No, no, this is like the 12-hour marathon. Didn't you know you snuck <laughs> up that? Oh. 24 hours of snowmobile sessions. I should have brought a yeah, I should have brought a I should have brought something else to drink. That's perfect. I was trying to think if I should say I should have brought a beer, and I, I probably can say that. I'm okay. <laughs> you are okay to say that on, on my show, but I know next time I'm going to have them sitting right here for me. So, uh, Bobby, Richard, do you have any other questions for Dan? No, I'm, I'm good. I just want to thank you, Dan. Thanks a lot for coming on. I appreciate you getting back. You got right back to me, and I, I really appreciate it. And this is what the show's about, man, having guys like you on. Thank you. That was an honor for me. You guys know that. I mean, I... We're, we're kind of getting to know each other. And like we said, man, when you, when you watch and you just see what you're seeing and you just see the highlight reel of people, one of my favorite things about snowmobiling is just actually getting to meet people in person. I see the way technology has affected sort of the youth of our planet and how everything is just a text or just a, an emotionless kind of way of meeting people. And I can't stand it. Like I... I so am still that guy. My dad raised me the right way. I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to stare you in the face and we're going to have a conversation. And I think and, and hope that that's how I treat everybody that comes through the door here. And, you know, it's not a, like I told you, it's not, it's not this, the next, what we do at next level. It's, it's, it's all about the customer. It's all about that customer's experience. You guys, this was awesome, man. So I appreciate yep. it. It was awesome to, to get to chat with you, Dan, and uh, watching you on Slednecks and on YouTube and everything. You're super down-to-earth guy, and it's just been really great chatting. Well, you guys know for clinic information, uh, nextlevelclinics.com. Uh, like I said, we're nearly booked for the, se the season, but if there's questions and people want to reach out about, uh, well, man, we, we've become sort of a, a snowmobiling hub here in Alpine in terms of People that are coming here, they wanted to book a class, but they know they can't this year or something's up with that. And they just want lodging information. They want clutching information. They want any of those things. You guys know that, I mean, that was kind of our intention with with building the website and, and kind of being where we are um, is just being able to answer a lot of those questions. Just be there for snowmobilers, man. That's what we do.
No, that's great. That's great. And again, thank you everybody in the chat that participated and asked questions. Dan, you were spectacular with answering him. You, uh, you're a great guy, and I'm glad to have met you through this one. And hopefully, one day we get to meet in person, whether it be out at your place or or, or uh, at a sled. And uh, and we'll go from there. But stick around, everybody. I'm going to play the outro. But in the meantime, if uh, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to Next Level Riding Clinics on YouTube, uh, Instagram, etc. Mudbrats is my handle. We got Rich Outdoors. Make sure it's lowercase Rich and uh, capital Outdoors. And we got Rev Rider 550. Uh, we all appreciate the uh, the support. And if you want to buy us a round, back in the bottom description, you can click my PayPal link and buy us a round. And, uh, and it, we really appreciate the support for the channel. Thanks again, guys. Enjoy. Thanks, Dan. See ya. Woo, that was good. It's a journey for life and I'm your right. Hang on. That was good, boys.